Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So Dwight, one of the things that a lot of DMs do is they either roll out purely out in the open, or they always roll behind a screen or make their things secret. One of the things we should probably talk about is when to do both. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, so the one reason to roll out in the open is because it shows fairness. Mm-hmm. It you the rolls are what they are, and the um, the statement around that is let the crits fall where they may. Right. So if I crit against you, you know it was a fair roll. You know I wasn't trying to cheat you. Um, if you have a group that has some trust issues, first of all, I'm sorry, but if they have trust issues, um, specifically with you as the GM, then rolling out in the open is probably a really good idea. Yes. And you may not ever be able to roll secretly, which causes problems if you're playing a game where, um, so in D&D 3.5, for instance, uh, elves could always get a secret roll for any kind of hidden door, and dwarves would get the same thing if the if the uh, the door was made out of stone. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Right. As you're walking down a hallway, most DMs would just be like, oh, hey, make me a, a search roll. Oh, all of us? No, just the elf. Well, of course, anyone that's metagaming, which is sadly everybody at that point. Knows there's a secret door. There's a secret door here. And then how do you then reverse that where the rogue's like, I'm taking 20. Well, you can't. You're not the elf. You wouldn't have noticed it. You're a halfling. You just move past. No, we know that he... No, you know outside of game that something's happening. And eventually you lose the battle or you don't lose the battle and you cause a rift. And so this is why rolling secretly is very beneficial. So there's two ways to do that particular issue. Because a lot of things right, you might have to roll secretly on. Um, you could, again, same issue. Um, this comes up really, you know, let's say your characters are in a location and the next thing you know... You make all of them make a will save versus like some sort of weird domination or something like that. Well, now they know something happened. So if they all pass their will save, then as far as they're concerned, maybe nothing happened, right? Maybe mm-hmm. it just maybe they didn't feel anything. It just flooded over them. You know, oh, you felt really weird for a second there, but it passed. Well, if I make all of you roll will saves, what are you going to do? Going to try and figure out what happened because why would the DM roll? Now, all of a sudden, you guys are all asked to do a will save. You all pass the will save. And now you're like, well, there's nothing here. We better figure out what's here. There's somebody invisible. There's something going on. There's, And in reality, if you're looking at it from a pure, like if we were running this as a video game, right? You would walk by that secret door. The video game would make a roll for you. And either the door would show up or it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, guess what? You don't see it. You didn't find the secret door. Or, hey, this thing does a will save against you. And it's it's literally like if it fails the wills, it like just hides. It doesn't do anything. So it rolls against you, and you may not even know. Like nothing happened. And you move on. You just walk through the room, not knowing that there's some guy invisible clinging to the ceiling who can do some sort of mental attack on you. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the thing is, it's you got to walk this this balance between how do you... Play the game in such a way that your players have the ability to roll for themselves. I'm a big proponent of that. I'm not a big fan of like, I'm going to roll your will save for you. I'm going to roll your spot check for you. That just seems to take away a lot of player agency. In my opinion, if I can't roll my own dice, then I feel like I've been gypped. Even if I would have rolled just as crappy as you, 
I still feel like you've taken something from me. But uh, also rolling secretly helps with another mechanic that D&D 3.5 at least very has is the passive skills. You're always listening. You're always looking around for things. And that's at a lower number yeah. than if you're actively rolling because well, you're looking for something. The, so a lot of times DMs uh, will you or GMs, or you want to call yourself Game Master, Dungeon Master, they'll use like the take 10. And so as they're walking through, like that's actually how they'll solve that secret door thing is they'll be like, I'm just going to let them take 10 on it. They have a base spot or perception, whatever the skill is for your your party of five. The That gives them a 15. The DC to find this door is 20, so they just walk on by. We're not going to roll anything. And that's fine unless there's some sort of passive attack. And that's where life gets a little interesting is, you know, did the passive attack set off? Was that, was that a sneak attack or was it something else than that? Mm-hmm. And what if it wasn't actually a thing attacking them? What if it was like an object? Like there, there are incredibly intelligent swords and other sorts of things that have power and maybe like there's a sword and like there's a thing in this treasure hoard. When you walk in, it attacks you. But unless you fail it, you don't know anything happened. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, all these little things. So it's just even worse than that. Okay, let's actually bring that up. Really good trope. You uh, like you take the hand of Vecna, right? You grab the hand of Vecna. And you chop off your own hand, left hand, by the way, in case you want to know, and you put it on your own left hand and it, it literally will graft itself to your body. Guess what happens? Will save. Yes. Because the hand is going to try to possess you. Well, so everyone at the table sees that player make a will save. And they roll a two. And all of a sudden, you've gone into a nits. But in reality, would you have even noticed... Wouldn't what really happen is the guy does something crazy, puts the hand of Vecna on, comes up, has this really weird smile. Everybody then has to do some sort of perception, some sort of other sort of check to see, like, do you notice that this guy's off now? I mean, it, maybe maybe Vecna's really good at hiding, you know? I can't remember if Vecna's a guy or a girl, but yep. um, or, itself uh, in the body. And then, like, months later, you then do the thing and drop it. I mean, or, it's or, a lot or of reasons. check to know if... Or is it, do you think about the hand of Vecta, the hand of Vecta actually corrupting people? Right. Because there's just this thing of hand of Vecta is supposed to be covert with that, of slowly corrupting the thing over time, not yeah. just a quickly turns and goes on a mad killing spree. And there's your other issue. What if you have an object that is slowly poisoning, right? Um, so in a Harry Potter world, the Horcruxes, just being in close proximity, would eventually cause problems. You could have a really cool artifact or a really cool weapon you give the players that is slowly corrupting them. And over time, they may notice specifically the weird actions of the player holding it. Mm-hmm. Um, works better if you have like an NPC in the party, although that's kind of dangerous. But my whole point is there's a lot of reasons to roll out in the open. There's a lot of reasons to roll behind the screen. If your players trust you, then you may want to roll behind the screen. Now, in some of the things we've talked about in this podcast... Um, or on this YouTube channel, depending on where you're watching it or listening to it. If you are um, running a game where you're running horde after horde after horde, like in a can't stop moving or some sort of thing like that, you probably don't want to roll out in the open because your goal there isn't to kill all the players. Your goal is to give them kind of the fear, the suspense, 
And so by throwing smaller level characters at them, you all of a sudden realize as you roll, you rolled a 20. And you're like, oh, hmm. If I roll a 20, okay, fine. And then you roll max damage and you realize the guy you're going to hit is, you're probably just going to kill him. And you're like, I don't want to kill him. So you look at the max damage and then you remove it down to nothing. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, you're going to take four points of damage. And I'm like, oh, thank God. That wasn't that bad. And as opposed to, you're taking 32 points of damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're going, um, I only have 31 hit points. Yeah, rolling secret allows you to fudge numbers, not to kill your party if you don't want to. You know, honestly, that's normally, when I DM, I normally roll secretly. And I'll be honest, I normally fudge numbers a lot. And the way I fudge numbers is not up, but down. Mm-hmm. Very rarely have I ever fudged. I don't think I've ever fudged a number up. Because that seems vindictive and wrong. And if I'm in a party where I have to feel like I have to get back at somebody through uh, cheating on dice, I think I have a problem, character. Like, I have a character problem. Like, And I don't mean care. I mean, like, a moral, personal character problem that I need to deal with. Especially because as a GM in that regard, you could have just scaled your monsters up a bit. And power if you're needing to fudge numbers up to actually deal with more damage to them. If you really want to deal damage, then yeah, just put bigger monsters out there. But overall, normally what I'll end up doing is I'll realize, like, I'll roll a 20, and I'll be like, oh, and I rolled a confirm, and I'm like, oh, crap, I confirmed, and this guy's got, like, four times the damage, and I'll roll. And the next thing you know, I'm doing a ton of damage, like, way more damage than they have, because I got lucky. Mm-hmm. And yeah, rolling out in the open, you could get lucky and you can kill a player. And some players are good with that. Some tables are good with that. But honestly, I've yet to find rolling up a new D&D character ever in my life to be a good time. And I'd rather avoid it and uh, just do that experience once in a campaign, like a year or two <laughs> in the yeah. past and keep running them as much as I can. So Anyway, there's some ideas where you would run, uh, you know, roll secretly or roll out in the open. Oh, another idea before we go on the roll secret thing. If you need to make a secret roll, one of the things I've done with my players is I've, if I know I'm going to have a lot of secret doors or a lot of things where I might have a, a villain or a thing attacking them mentally, I will make out all the players right before we begin, roll 10 or 15 or 20 different rolls. Normally it's like 10, unless you're doing something crazy. And I'll write all those rolls down, and then I will roll a die behind the screen, a d10, and that determines where on the list I start. So if I roll a 10, I start at the last one, and then I roll up to the next, roll back to one, and all the way down. That way they don't think, and they know right ahead of time, they don't think, oh, I rolled a 20 on my first one, and I rolled a 1 on my next one, so the first thing we do better be really good. Well, no, we're just randomly starting Mm -hmm. somewhere. And then what that allows me to do is I can easily mark off, okay, let's say I rolled a 9. I look at number 9 for the elf for the secret door. They rolled a 13. I add their bonuses to it. and like, yep, you find the secret door. Those sorts of things can be easily done, and you just kind of cross them off a list. And that allows your players to have agency, you to have the anonymity to basically run through any sort of background checks or things that will cause them not to freak out, not to then become suspicious, not to then use out of player and out of game knowledge inside, but still allow them to fully participate. So I just wanted to leave you with that because it's a, it's a huge help and it gets around a lot of issues. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to skullrpg.com.